Well, we now know the final four, and welcome into the nation's college basketball show and podcast. It is college basketball coast to coast. We are here every day heading all the way through the final four in Indianapolis and championship Monday night, winning this wild and wacky COVID-19 version of the 2021 tournament. We will crown a national champion. We now know two of the teams in the final four with the Baylor Bears and the Houston Cougars winning both on Monday night. I am the somewhat capable host of the program, TJ Reeves. Momentarily, we'll get some great insight from one of my dudes, Dan Leach of 97 won the ticket, the FM sports station in Detroit. He is all about the maize and blue who are in action is coming up on Tuesday night in the uh, Elite Eight game with UCLA. Dan will have insight on that and everything. And oh, by the way, he's going. He's going to be at Lucas Oil Stadium for that showdown in Indianapolis. He can get there on the drive. Dan may or may not be going above the speed limit to get there back and forth from Detroit to Indianapolis to get it done. He's with me momentarily. Look forward to talking with him. A little bit later on in this show, we'll talk to ESPN college basketball analyst Mark Adams, who is one of the few guys on the planet who has been saying since November, Houston Cougars in the Final Four. He worked a bunch of American Conference games this year, could have been accused of being biased with that prediction. Uh, It ain't biased if it turns out to be right. Mark Adams later on in the podcast after Dan Leach. Stand by for that. One more reminder, you probably already know this. However you found us, social media link, et cetera. Subscribe to this show via podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. Also find us on TuneIn under the Tag Sports Group channel, Tag, T-A-G, Tag Sports Group channel, under sports, it streams top and bottom of the hour, starts over top and bottom every hour, all day, every day, all the way through the Final Four. All right, so here we go. Let's mix it up now with Dan Leach from Detroit. We know two pieces of the Final Four. You're chomping at the bit to talk to me about Michigan, but I got to talk first about Baylor and Houston, who both have gotten their way now into the uh, the Final Four matchup against each other on Saturday. So welcome in, my friend. I know you were joking before I hit the record button. How come Arkansas couldn't cover at the very end of that game with Baylor? It's all about the spread with you. But give Baylor a lot of credit. They got the win. Give Houston a lot of credit. They got the win. How are you, my friend? Doing great. Silly hogs. Yeah, listen, you know, you got to have some fun with the ponies. And they could have cut it to one. And but listen, Arkansas, you know, was out of that game much of the way. Yeah. Until the second half. And, and then Baylor, I mean, Baylor's just too good. And, and I picked Baylor to go to the final four. They're just, they're just that kind of a team. I mean, listen, you got a Baylor Bears team first time in the final four since 1950. We all remember <laughs> when they went through, you know, with the, the shooting at Dotson and all the crazy stuff that happened with Dave Bliss as the coach. They're right. Scott Drew has been incredible for them. And then how about the Hogs? Their first, you know, or Houston, their first Final Four since 1984. Oh. We don't have a problem. It's five again with 2.0. So great things going on with both of those teams. And now it's about my side. I mean, being selfish, my side of the bracket, the Zags, the Wolverines, of course, UCLA and USC, two Pac-12 teams will have something to say about that. But uh, this has been, you know, TJ, we, we talked about this on the, the show that I did with you before the tournament started. We knew there would probably be more upsets than there ever have been because of this crazy year, and there have been. But in the end, it's ones and twos to get there, and uh, that's that's what it's looking like again. I think we're going to have three number ones and one number two 
even though we've had the most upsets in tournament history by the NCAA's definition of seeding, five seeds uh, or worse. But that's that's why we love this tournament. It's it's anybody's to win, but the cream usually rises to the top. And hopefully, I can say that to you tomorrow night after my Wolverines take care of UCLA. Mm-hmm. More on that in a second. I want one more thought or two on these, and then I got to get a bunch on Michigan because I have you here. And again, you're going to the games in Indianapolis. You've already been for the beginning of it, and then you've come back to Detroit. Now you're going to go back again. Uh, Are you with me? I'm going to try this line out on Mark Adams, too. I'm using it on college basketball coast to coast. It's okay for Houston to be in the Final Four with Kelvin Sampson. Great story. But when you talk five slamma jamma and you talk all those dunks in in the early 80s, how does Houston win an Elite Eight game and not have any dunks? To my counting, they didn't have a single dunk in that game. That is sacrilege, brother. In the in the name of Elijah Wan, of Clyde Drexler, how do you not have a dunk if you're supposed to be five slamma jamma? Yeah, well, listen, that's the thing. And, and, and I was obviously joking when I said five slamma jamma because this team is nothing like that. And obviously, <laughs> they hope they're not because that team lost to Jim Belvon right. and NC State. Right. But I will tell you this. When you look at what they are able to do. And the reason that I picked them to win in one of my uh, brackets, I only did five, it's not like I did 20. I tell people, <laughs> yeah, I got Houston to win in this one. Look, on how many brackets? Five. That's, that's fair. I run my own contest. But when you look at, at what, you know, Sasser did tonight, he had 20. When you look at Grimes, who had 18, Jerome, uh, I know he got some little foul trouble, but they, they're just so efficient. They don't need to dunk. They can shoot the three. They, they can play incredible. Like, the, I'll tell you this, TJ. The way they played defense the yeah. other night against Syracuse is all you need to know about why they can win it all. I mean, obviously, any team in the Elite Eight, for the most part, has a chance to win all. That's why they're in the Elite Eight out of 68 teams. But some will say Houston. I, I remember hearing a lot of people I respect. I won't name names, guys that cover basketball, that cover college basketball even more than I do because that's all they do. And they said, ah, Houston's kind of a pretender. They, they might lose, you know, early in the tournament. Yeah, they could have. That's the way it goes like Ohio State and Iowa did. But when you look at the game they played against Rutgers, when they, that was their scary game. And Rutgers is a lot better than people thought. I'm a Big Ten guy, so I know, and you do too because you cover college basketball. But a lot of casual fans have no clue that Rutgers is any good at basketball. They were really good this year, as was the Big Ten, regular season at least. And when Houston got out of that game in a very lucky way, I'm like, all right, this team's going to go on a run. And that's all they've done. And I think this team is is not just for real, but I'd be very scared if I was the Baylor Bears to play them in the final four. Again, it's such a technical term. I've used it a couple times on this college basketball coast-to-coast show. They guard the crap out of you, and they yep. absolutely have continued to do it. Best defensive team left the tournament, same they, Michigan. Yeah, they look, they look good, and Baylor looked fantastic. So, all right, a bunch on, on that for later in the week in that matchup because those teams get to – Ah, exhale a little bit, stay in Indianapolis and get ready for their final four game. So let's move on to now what we have for uh, Tuesday night uh, here at the time that we're taping Uh, Michigan now against UCLA. It's not Alabama after the epic win by UCLA in overtime. They have rolled in from the first four into the elite eight here. Michigan, meanwhile, seems to be finding their stride as they pummeled Florida State. I know you're going to stick your chest out here a little bit for the Wolverines. What have they done well? And, and obviously UCLA is going to be a challenge, but Michigan is the favorite team. But what what has impressed you about Michigan to this point? Juwan Howard, played it simple. I mean, I, you listen, you, you look at guys like Franz Wagner and uh, Hunter and Gather Dickinson and what Shawnee Brown, who's I think probably been the MVP of the tournament so far, you know, coming off the bench and hitting big three, especially in the LSU game. 
that I was at. Uh, you know, Smith obviously has some talent and has, has really been a big part of the team. And, and, and they do, Michigan does a lot of things very well, and including playing defense. And they, the defense they played against LSU when it mattered most was really impressive, and especially what they did against Florida State. But it's Jawan Howard. This is a guy that's been around for just a couple of years. Obviously, last year's season got cut short. But for a few seasons, you see what a guy who is in his first head coaching job but loves the school, didn't get to you know finish the mission as a Fab Fiver. And, of course, I think they should have won at least the title. Ran into a very tough Duke team, and then we know the timeout game against North Carolina. Then Jawan and everyone left, Jalen Rose and Weber. But what he did, when he, I'll, I'll go back to when he got hired. An emotional press conference. It meant so much to him to come back home. Um, and when he hired Phil Martelli as his first basically, basically decision as a head coach, it let me know, because I know Juwan. I, I used to call his son's games Juwan Howard Jr. for the Detroit Titans. And he used to show up to a game or two a year, surprise his son. And it was always a cool thing to talk to Juwan. He was always a well-respected assistant coach, TJ, and with the Heat for years. And then, you know, when he hires Martelli, because he knows he has a lot to learn and learn on the fly with a program like Michigan that had been so good on our beeline. That let me know this guy knows that he needs some help. Doesn't mean that he can't obviously be the main guy, but getting a 30 year plus guy in Phil Martelli was so successful at St. Joe's. Maybe say, okay, maybe things are going to be a little, not, not this fast, but I think that Juwan Howard is going to get the four and five stars on like beeline. It's about whether he can coach or not. That was a big sign at that LSU game at Lucas oil. And he was up the entire game. He was connected to his guys. So it was Isaiah Livers as well. He just has figured out when you lose, I mean, it would be like the Bruins losing Hawkeyes or, you know, right. the Arkansas Razorbacks like tonight losing Note. Losing one of your best players is so tough in a one-and-done situation in the NCAA tournament. To see what he did, especially mid-game towards the end of the first half and then in the second half rotation-wise and coaching-wise against LSU – that's when I started to believe, you know, I didn't pick Michigan to win it before the tournament because no livers. I wanted to, but I had to go with my head, not my heart. And to see the maturation of the team and the maturation of Jawan Howard has impressed me the most. I mean, obviously the players play, they score, they rebound, they steal, et cetera, play defense. But they've got to have a guy that leads them. And Jawan Howard, in my humble opinion, not homerish, easily the coach of the year in college basketball. Interesting. All right. A few minutes left. Dan Leach. You find him at Dan Leach 97-1 for 97-1, the ticket in Detroit. He is a great foul. It's a a life-changing foul. I love I love this man's insight uh, from uh, the Detroit area. He will be at Lucas Oil Stadium for this Elite Eight game with UCLA. Give me something on that here uh, because our fans uh, are curious. We see fans in the stands. We see some atmosphere. The Elite Eight and the Final Four all in the football stadium where the Colts play. Uh, you were around it too for the Big Ten tournament and the opening round. What is it like, the atmosphere around this, having been there real quick, Dan? Well, you know, it's, it's funny. It's about one of my really good friends who's been in, in media for a long time was asking me, well, you have to have like a negative COVID test again. I'm like, no, you're, it's not like that crazy, but it really is. It's a fascinating thing. And I'll tell you, uh, at the LSU game, there was, I think, about 17,000 throughout the entire stadium, and it was loud. It was like 70% Michigan fans. So it was very, very loud. But basically, the way it is, is they, they're very safe about everything. They, you know, check you on your way in, you get, you know, your temperature taken, you have to wear your mask the whole time. They have people very spread out. I mean, I know that you see on TV, there was a section where there's a lot of Michigan people, for for instance, of the uh, LSU game, where they're a little closer together, but a lot of those people are like 
players, uh, you know, parents and, and friends of the team that are obviously all either in the bubble or are getting tested. So most of the fans are very spread out, upper level, low level. I mean, Lucas Oil is huge, holds 70,000 for, you know, football. And it's definitely, it's definitely a little odd. But I can tell you that was the first time I went to a game as a fan. I've been to some Red Wings games, some Pistons games, but I'd never gone to a game as a fan since the pandemic hit. And it was such an enthralling, obviously Michigan winning helped, but it was such an enthralling experience. And you could see the smiles on people's faces, just whether they were, I was in a, you know, in an area in a suite, I got, you know, a little sweet ticket for the Squatch. There, and we I, go. there was a dad and a son, you know, that's how I roll. Uh, dad and a son who were just Arkansas fans just wanted to go to the game. People that live in it. And it, they, they really do a great job. The NCAA is being super careful. Um, I mean, as I mentioned, they have it all spread out. It's definitely, you know, it sounds a lot more hollow than it would. I've covered a lot, as you have too. I've been in a lot of Final Fours, a lot of first and second rounds, a lot of Sweet 16s. It's not that crazy, just, you know, emotional feeling of insane amounts of noise that you normally have. But it, it's still louder than you think it would be. And I can tell you, I can't wait to go back tomorrow. If Michigan wins, I'll be there for the Final Four. And uh, that'll be interesting because I think they're going to allow a little more uh, amount of people in, but not much. They've got to keep it below a certain amount for the Indiana state regulations. And it's just, uh, it's, thank God we're playing. Thank God we're playing the tournament because yes. we missed it, TJ. And yes, there's a limited amount of fans, but you still have some of that ambiance and atmosphere to me. And I've covered Super Bowls and NBA finals and world series and major golf events and all this stuff. There's nothing to me like the NCAA tournament especially the best, later rounds, nothing like best that. event in sports. You and I completely concur. I got about 90 seconds left here. All right. A fun one from an X and O standpoint, if UCLA, they're the upstarts, they've already come from behind to beat Michigan state, come from behind to beat Alabama. They were also impressive against BYU. They were impressive against Abilene Christian. If they're going to hang into this game, what are we watching for? Well, I think there's two main things. I think you have to look at, at Hawkins, who has so much for UCLA, is shooting well. He had 17 uh, in the game against and the winning against Alabama in overtime. And I think you got to look at their defense. They slow everything down. They are a super slow team, way slower. Wolverines want to run. UCLA wants to slow it down. If you see – and Hunter Dickens had an insanely quiet but monstrous at the same time double-double against LSU and had a good game too – uh, against Florida State, if you see Hunter Dickinson, the, the you know the freshman sensation, really struggling to score, really struggling to get in his position in the post and and make action happen, that's how UCLA can win. Obviously, UCLA's got to play probably their best game of the year. They're playing great basketball. All these Pac-12 teams, for the most part, have been incredible. Yep. And that's the two things I'm looking at. You, if you're UCLA, Hawkins has to have a hot shooting night. The Bruins have to have a hot shooting night as a team, especially from downtown, and they've really got to disrupt Hunter Dickinson because Michigan can throw so many guys. I mentioned Shonday Brown and Smith uh, and Franz Wagner. There's so much talent. Austin Davis off the bench. Uh, that Michigan, and they're so deep that they can throw at you, that UCLA is going to have to play, I don't want to say close to perfect, but those are the two things I'm going to look for. If Hawkins starts willy-nilly hitting threes and Dickinson struggling like he was early against LSU, that's a recipe for, for Nick Cronin's team to be able to beat Michigan tomorrow. Riley, the big body for UCLA, played well down the stretch against Alabama. And so let's see how he does against Dickinson. Is he in foul trouble, et cetera, et cetera, for this game? Will be fascinating. That's the late game at Lucas Oil Stadium on this Tuesday as we're coming to you on College Basketball Coast to Coast. Gonzaga, USC up first, and then uh, Michigan and UCLA after that. This man will be all over it. He's going to be at Lucas Oil Stadium. He'll be back on the airwaves on 97-1, the ticket after that. 
I always love the breakdown from my man, Dan Leach, as if I have to say it, have a blast uh, at the Elite Eight. And I look forward, uh, promise me that if the Wolverines keep rolling, we'll do this again on college basketball, coast to coast, somewhere in and around Final Four, championship game, et cetera, et cetera. Thank you for the time here, my friend. Enjoy it. My honor, whenever TJ comes to knock it, I'm always, I'm always here for you. And I, let's hope we're doing this because if they do win uh, tonight and, and take down UCLA, I will be there for the Final Four against Gonzaga, which I think will be Gonzaga, and then hopefully the National title. Let's go! Let's go, Blue! Indeed, we do know two pieces of the puzzle for the Final Four with Houston and Baylor, and we're going to learn two more on Tuesday night between Gonzaga, USC, and Michigan and UCLA. I need some more breakdown. I need some more knowledge. I need somebody else to keep me straight on college basketball coast-to-coast. And who better to do that than Mark Adams, ESPN basketball analyst, primarily with the American Conference for a lot of the year. Oh, looky here. The Houston Cougars still very much alive. And dare I say that Mark Adams has been blowing the bugle for Kelvin Sampson's team since November. Who was listening? Apparently not many, but Mark Adams had him. It's good to have you on College Basketball Coast to Coast, my friend. TJ, I'm used to people not listening to me because I called Butler to the Final Four before anybody else did. I called Doug McDermott being the player of the year. I called Wichita State going undefeated. I called Loyola to the Final Four. I called Sister Jean would be a rock star in college basketball. And now Houston to the Final Four. When are people going to start listening? I'm listening. I'm all ears. The audience should be listening. The man's got a net hanging in the background as a former coach. That should tell you something uh, there on that. Uh, You believed in this team, and and I I touted this team to the Elite Eight. I believe they would get there, and I believe they would lose to Illinois. Guess what? Illinois never got there. So anyway, Houston finishes it off in Indianapolis to get to the Final Four. The performance was another tremendous defensive performance from what I saw. That's me talking. I want you to tell me what you saw out of how Houston got this done and got into the final four on Monday night, please. Well, TJ, the reason I had Houston in my preseason final four was because I believe that to make the final four, obviously got to be a little bit lucky and Houston has been, but the gods didn't shine kindly upon Houston in earlier NCAA tournaments, but it certainly did this time around but you have to be a freak at something. And Houston is a defensive freak. Houston is the biggest, dirtiest, nastiest, dingiest, deepest pothole in college basketball. Because (laughs) when your offense hits the Houston pothole that is the deepest, dingiest, nastiest pothole in college basketball, you better have a head coach that can realign your offense. And I haven't seen anybody yet, game in and game out, that's able to deal with that deep pothole that I call the Houston defense. They are elite. They are also an elite offensive rebounding team. You know, every team has a DNA, and Houston's DNA is to out-tough you, outwork you. I coached with Kelvin Sampson at Washington State, and I coached against Kelvin Sampson when he was at Montana Tech, the ore diggers in Butte, Montana. And I was the head coach at Rocky Mountain College in Billings, Montana. And that net over my shoulder is because we beat Kelvin Sampson's team at Montana Tech to win the NAI District Championship in 1985. So I know a little bit about going against a Kelvin Sampson team. And also, I helped him with his defense at Washington State. You know, Kelvin Sampson understands what his team is all about. And he knows they're not a great one-shot team. They are a great second-shot team. 
And that's how they won last night against Oregon State. That's how I've watched them win throughout the season. But they made 11 threes last night. And when they make threes, they're as good or better than anybody in America. And that's why I chose Houston to go to the Final Four and to win the national title. How about that? He's going all that way. Mark Adams of ESPN, enthusiasms. Uh, not enthusiastic, enthusiasms on social media, and he is enthusiastic, as you can tell. He's with me on college basketball coast-to-coast. And give Oregon State credit because they battled on despite not shooting well, being stymied by that Houston defense. They hung in. But again, the Cougars were better in the final two minutes, the final three minutes, uh, to be able to put that game away and will now play Baylor in the semifinal. I'm going to joke with you, as I said this earlier in your absence before you came on, you are a contemporary of mine. You're a little older. You're much better looking, though. Uh <laughs> How in the name of Akeem Olajuwon can a Houston team win an Elite Eight game? And to my understanding in watching all this, they didn't dunk the ball one time. What in the name of Guy Lewis? What in the name of Phi Slamma Jamma in my history and nostalgia can a, t- can a team that's not been in the Final Four in 35 years not have at least one dunk in memory of Clyde Drexler, in memory of, of all those guys, Michael Young and Larry Misha? How did they not dunk the ball once? I'm going to have to rewatch the Louisville semifinal on YouTube, the second half on CBS 1983 to watch all those dunks to make up for Houston not dunking. Mark Adams, what's up? Again, their DNA is to out-tough you. And, you know, if I said this on my broadcast this year, that if you put all the players in the American on a court, you know, outdoor court, old school, let's go play on the playground type thing, and I can only pick one guy in all the American, I'd pick Justin Gorm. He's, he's a little bit of a Larry Michaud kind of guy. You know, he's he just a team guy that knows his role, does it extremely well, He's one of the top two or three offensive rebounders in the country. He just does what it takes to win. And then you got Fabian White, who was hurt for most of the season. He comes back. That was a, a, a late Valentine's Day present, if you will, to Kelvin Sampson. They lost Caleb Mills, who was the preseason player of the year in the American. Name one other team in America that could suffer the loss of the preseason player of the year and come back and get to the Final Four. It's a masterful job what Kelvin Sampson has done. He's not about flash. He's got a lot more gristle in his stake, trust me. And this is a team that will eat right through that gristle on you. They don't look pretty all the time. They ain't the prettiest dancers. But, man, the Houston Cougars, they dance every dance. They are still dancing. There is no doubt about that as we continue with Mark Adams for a few more minutes here on College Basketball Coast to Coast. Again, he worked the American Conference throughout the year. You know I'm a Memphis guy, too. So they stuck the dagger not once but twice in Memphis with the half-court shot, the conference tournament semifinal win, and now they keep rolling along with the way that they have played. Give me 30 seconds, 45 seconds on Baylor winning the late game. So talented offensively. Arkansas valiant came back, but then and Arkansas couldn't make a shot down the stretch. Some of that was Baylor's defense. And it's it's an old Southwest conference, the old Southwest conference, final four with Baylor and yeah. Houston, Mark. It's going to be a lot of fun. You know, when I, when I think about Baylor and the, and the job that Scott Drew has done, of course, the son of Homer Drew, I coached against Homer Drew, TJ, very quickly. He was the only coach I've ever coached against where I actually felt good about it after I lost to him. That's what a great guy Homer Drew is. And, you know, Scott Drew has put together an elite, an elite team that's led by an elite perimeter. So Jared Butler, 
you know, a guy that can score it and dish it. Macy Oteague. I saw Macy Oteague at UNC Asheville when Asheville knocked off Ohio State. I did that game. And, I, and this kid's from Cincinnati just down the road from me. And I'm watching this dude play. I'm thinking, holy Toledo, is this guy good? And then Davion Mitchell as well, another guy that's a five-assist guy, a 14-point per game. And then you got those guys matching up with Quentin Grimes, Marcus Sasser, Dejan Giroux. I mean, when you've got one, two, three against one, two, three at that level, it's going to be a matter of who can stop who, because Baylor's not only gifted offensively. And here's what I love about, about Baylor, especially those three, they make two point shots. They get into a gap, they pull up two foot jump stop, and they knock down shots consistently. It's a wonderful matchup of big guys that are blue collar of one, two, and three men who are highly skilled, very athletic, can score and dish. It's, it's a wonderful matchup. I think it's going to go down to a coin flip game. Obviously, I picked Houston to win the national title. I'm going to stay with them. But what a job Scott Drew has done at Baylor, where he basically took over a prison situation. I mean, that's what he did. And he's turned it into a high-level, integrity-driven, disciplined type of, of program that now has made it to the Final Four. It's truly an amazing story of a great basketball family in Bryce, Scott, and Homer, but the real brains behind it is Janet Drew, believe How about me. that? How about that? And I love what you said about Homer Drew, as likable as anybody that's there, uh, coaching tree, family, uh, tremendous story. Uh, again, it'll be elaborated some over the next few days. They basically got the death penalty in men's basketball about 10, 12 years ago without getting the death penalty. Uh, and deservedly so in terms of scholarship loss, in terms of the games that were taken away, and yet they've recovered from it. That is something else. Just a couple of moments left uh, here, young men. Oh, by the way, for Tuesday night, we got Gonzaga going for an unbeaten season. They would become the first team since Kentucky in Indianapolis at the Final Four in 2015 to reach the Final Four undefeated. Now, it is quirky. It's an odd COVID guideline-driven uh, NCAA tournament where everything is in Indianapolis. So Gonzaga's been there the whole time. USC's been there the whole time. Same thing, Michigan, UCLA. But they have a chance to advance and be unbeaten when they get to the Final uh, Four on Saturday if they win. Uh, give me, again, about 30 seconds. If Gonzaga is rolling uh, in this game, it will be because of what on uh, on Tuesday night? Because they're just too good to stop. That, that's been the problem for opponents all season long. Now, USC has length. They've got a skill level. And the infield, a really good coach. I mean, USC has a puncher's chance in this game to keep it into single digits. But Gonzaga has so much firepower. I like Gonzaga in that game. And then UCLA and Mick Cronin, another great story of taking over. Look, I never thought that I'd say that UCLA is more blue collar beer and pretzel with mustard on it than wine and cheese and tea and crumpets. It's unbelievable what Mick Cronin has done with UCLA. He's transformed that program into a, into a program that I actually like, that I used to loathe. And now UCLA is a team that I enjoy watching so much, but they go up against, again, a highly skilled, long, really well-coached Michigan team. I like Gonzaga. I like Michigan, but I'm rooting for UCLA. 
Well, and again, give the Bruins so much credit for being able to overcome the Alabama last second three. I don't know about in the Adams house, but in the Reeves house with the 12-year-old twins, one of the twins had Alabama winning the championship in her bracket. We erupted in Tampa, Florida. As I joked on this podcast and show, the state of Alabama probably had a seismic event. Mark Adams probably had beverage in hand and may come out of the hand. I mean, I know they were talking last night. uh, Wally Zerbiak said, I fell off my couch when the shot went in. The bottom line is UCLA found a way to recover and go ahead and win the game in overtime. And that says something for their grit. And now Michigan with Jawan Howard trying to get to the Final Four on Tuesday night if they can. Give me 30 seconds on that real quick because I know you're big on Phil Martelli too, who's there, the former St. Joe's coach, to help Michigan trying to get back to the Final Four. What do they have to do? Give me one or two things in 30 seconds. Go. Well, I love the NBA pedigree that Jawan Howard has brought to that program. I like the collegiate type of experience that Phil Martelli has brought to that program. I think that Michigan, because they share so well, because they get it internally and because they run some really interesting sets, I think it's going to be Michigan in that game. Last headline is, how about the state of Texas with North Texas, Abilene Christian, Texas going down, Houston now in the Final Four, Baylor in the Final Four, Texas Tech really good. When did we ever say that Texas was the shining star of college basketball until this year? It's supposed to be a football state, but it's a basketball state right now. This guy's always in a great state. He's a great follow on Twitter at Athusi Adams. Works the ESPN college basketball season, a bunch of it in the American Conference, where the Houston Cougars ruled this year. Mark Adams, what a treat. Great to see you again, even virtually. Get ready to root for your Cincinnati Reds. You see me on the video screen. I got the Tampa Bay Rays, the American right. League champions. We got baseball coming, but we got got final four in basketball first brother thank you great stuff with me i appreciate it my pleasure tj love you buddy and go rays and go reds i'm i've got to keep uh hollenberg in line for the rays there's no doubt about that all right there's mark adams uh hollenberg rich hollenberg is his broadcast partner on espn if you don't know that my thanks also to dan leach with 97 won the ticket in michigan again michigan and ucla tonight gonzaga usc on this tuesday night we're back to recap it tomorrow as part of college basketball coast to coast subscribe to the podcast find us on tune in on the tag sports group channel at the top and bottom of every hour it is the nation's college basketball show it's college basketball coast to coast two more to the final four we'll talk about it wednesday bye